0: Let me pray. Help us, Lord, to understand the significance of what Simeon was so excited about all those years ago when he met Jesus. Help us to be ready, like he was, to meet Jesus. Amen. We are at the third carol in our series, which I've titled Three Christmas Carols. Their songs, or if you like poems, are possibly sung you'll find in Luke's Gospel, in his Christmas narrative. Now, this third one was probably sung or spoken two months after Jesus' birth. So we're about a month, a bit less than a month after Christmas, so it's actually not an unfitting time to be looking at this Christmas carol. Mary and Joseph take their boy child up to Jerusalem to dedicate him. They offer some doves and turtle doves as a sacrifice. They were poor people, they couldn't afford much. And they meet this fellow named Simeon. Now, there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation or the comfort of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah, the Christ. He is quite likely that Simeon is an elderly priest. Perhaps his role was the consecration or the dedication and the blessing of infants as parents brought their children to Jerusalem, to the temple. He was godly, he was righteous, he was devout. When Jesus arrives, he takes him in his arms and he effectively bursts into song. Now Mary's song, our first song, is traditionally called the Magnificat because in the old Latin Bible the first word was Magnificat. My soul magnifies the Lord. Zachariah, John the Baptist's father, his song, well it's traditionally called the Benedictus because in the old Latin Bible the first thing he says is Benedictus, Dominus, bless the Lord my soul, my soul blesses the Lord, bless the Lord. So, Simeon's song is traditionally called Nunc Dimittis. Now, why would you call a song Nunc Dimittis? Because, in the old Latin Bible, the first words were Nunc Dimittis. Now dismiss, now let me go, now release me. Nunc Dimittis in Latin. If I was to compare Simeon's Nunc Dimittis with one of our current Christmas carols, I think maybe this is probably the closest I could think of the current Christmas carols that we sing. Deo, Deo, dear light come and we wanna go home. You all know that one, Harry Belafonte. great song. Work all day, on a, all night, all night, on a drink of rum. Daylight come and me wanna go home. Stack banana till the morning come. Daylight come and me wanna go home. Dayo! Sing it, dayo! Dayo! Daylight come. Come on, Mr. Tallyman! Tally me banana! Daylight come and me wanna go home. It's a great song. It's a song from the Caribbean. They're loading bananas onto the boat, onto the ship, at night, on the night shift. And they're longing for the daylight to come because we want to go home. Come on, Mr. Taliman, you counting my bananas. Get the numbers in. We're going home. And daylight come and we want to go home. That is Simeon's song. Actually, there's another one I thought of, which I think is really also really quite close. It's um, a very different Christmas carol, this time from the American Civil War. It's called The Battle Hymn of the Republic, and I'm sure, sure you all know this one. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. He is stamping out the vintage where the grapes are rocked the stored. He has loosed the faithful lightning of his terrible swiss sword his truth is marching on and glory glory hallelujah glory glory hallelujah ah glory glory hallelujah it's a battle hymn it's about judgment and wrath even it's a very christian song Simeon sings, Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the King. The battle has begun with the coming of the King. Glory, glory, hallelujah. See, Simeon has been waiting a very long time. Now, there was a man, we read this before, in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was very righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation, for the comfort of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was on him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. He's on the lookout. His eyes are open. He's waiting for Israel's comfort because it's troubled at the moment. And he knew it was coming because it had been promised. Now at Christmas time, one of the the greatest pieces of music ever written, I think, it often performed at Christmas time is Handel's Messiah. An oratorio, that's a big choir with some other people singing along the way, singing songs. And it's 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 called the Messiah for good reason because Handel's Messiah, the words in English, which helps me, are all from the Bible prophecies, mostly Old Testament prophecy is about the coming Messiah that was promised to Israel the very first song in Handel's Messiah, I'm not going to sing this one, is comfort me, comfort you I feel like singing but I'm not going to comfort me my people says your God, it's from Isaiah chapter 40, Isaiah chapter 40 is the turning point in Isaiah's prophecy written 700 years and it speaks about Israel's comfort 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 my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. There's comfort because her sin's been paid for. There's redemption. There'll be release from slavery. It goes on. It goes on to speak about what Zechariah sang about with his son John the Baptist in our second carol: "A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And every valley shall be raised up, and every mountain and hill be made low. And the rough ground shall become level, and the rugged places a plain." They're preparing for the Messiah. Someone's coming, John the Baptist, as we know, to prepare for the king, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all people, all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. That's what Simeon's waiting for, that day of God's glory being revealed The day of comfort, a day when all humanity will see the way of salvation. God's glory revealed. See, Simeon's waiting for more than Christmas or even Easter or a birthday. Simeon's waiting for a special person. A boy child who, as was promised, would reign as Lord and who would offer God's people forgiveness of sins and bring for them lasting comfort. And Simeon knew that he's not going to die until he'd seen the Messiah. And he's getting old. How long will it be? Now, you know that waiting can be hard work. If you've ever waited, broken down car, waited for, say, the NRMA to turn up, when are they coming? They said 40 minutes. Or if you're waiting to be picked up and you're not sure who's picking you up or meeting you, and you're looking at people and waiting, and maybe that one, maybe this person. That's what Simeon's been doing. Almost every day, perhaps, there's another infant boy in the temple. Maybe today. Because God's promised me by His Holy Spirit. Maybe today. And then one normal day. To humble parents, poor parents, they haven't got a big sacrifice, they walk in. And moved by the Spirit, Simeon went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and he praised God. He praised God somehow Simeon knew this boy this one called Jesus the one called God saves his parents don't look anything special they're not wealthy they've got no power there's nothing to highlight them but God has sent his son and Simeon then says nunc dimittis now dismiss me get out of here it's time to go. I am done with waiting. Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. Now dismisses the orig- starting words in both the Greek and the Latin. Now that, that phrase, now dismiss, nunc dimittis, or in the Latin, I forget what it is in the Greek affame me something ifame me may it it has a range of meanings it could mean dismiss it could mean release or set free it could mean forgive the word servant there is the greek word doulos which is a strong servant word it's a bond servant or even a slave and the word Sovereign Lord is the word despota, which sounds a lot like despot. It's a strong word meaning big boss, absolute master, or as I've translated it here, Sovereign Lord, despota. Absolute master, now release your slave in peace. Set me free. I've been assigned this task. I've been waiting. Now I am free from obligation. I'm free to go according to your promise in your peace. Mission accomplished. Nunc dimittis. Can you say that? Can you say, okay, Lord, I'm ready to go now? I'm done. I'm satisfied like so many saints that I've met even as they come to their last hours even in pain and a bit of fear I'm ready to go you can dismiss me now Lord or or are you more likely clutching onto this world and its promises, which only enslave. No, I'm not ready to go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go where you call me to go either, Lord, because I'm too busy holding on to other things. What satisfies Simeon? For my eyes have seen your salvation. I've been praying for Lewis, concerned about Lewis. We've got Jordan somewhere up the back there. She's making a noise every now and then. What is it about babies? They're cute, they're beautiful, but really there's a sense of hope and potential in them, isn't there? They're completely weak, they're completely helpless and dependent, but there's future, a longed-for future. Simeon holds the absolutely helpless son of God and as he holds this baby he says, my eyes God have seen your salvation. Imagine if we picked up Jordan brought her to the front and I held her and just said behold the Prime Minister of Australia. Maybe in 40 or 50 years time she's got good parentage she'll have both strong opinions and determination. So maybe, but not now, she's just a baby. Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation, as he holds this helpless, helpless little boy, because he knows that God is working his plan and purposes out, and it's begun. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, just as Isaiah promised. A light for revelation to the Gentiles, the non-Jews, and the glory of your people Israel. Daylight come, and we want to go home. Deo, Deo. The way back to God has been opened for every sinner through this child and what he will do It's revelation for the Gentiles, those who have been far away, a light, and he will be the glory of God's people, Israel. Now, Israel was called to be a glorious people. They were called and chosen by God to shine his light in the world, to be a kingdom of priests. God's people in God's place, under God's rule, holy and righteous and just, blessing all the world as they showed the way. And the people of Israel, as I've said many times, read your Old Testament, they just consistently failed in their calling. They were disobedient, they were rebellious, they were corrupt, they were unjust, they were idolatrous. They were conquered by the Babylonians, the Persians, the Assyrians, the Romans, the Greeks... And not one of those conquerors thought that they were particularly glorious. They were a pest. Yet this child, says Simeon, will shine and reveal in his light the glory of Israel. What does that mean to reveal the glory of Israel? Well, let me ask you this. What is the glory of Sydney? Get in my car and we'll drive over to Beemis Street Campsie. Pretty special place. There's some good restaurants, good ethnic restaurants, all sorts. Oh, what if we go to West Botany Street in Rockdale? Maybe that's better than Beemis Street Campsie. No, come on, we all know the corner of Rosemount Avenue and Ramsey Road, Pennant Hills. That's the glory of Sydney. Or what if we took our friends to Mrs. Macquarie's chair? What if we did it on New Year's Eve in the late afternoon and we watched the sun set behind the Harbour Bridge and then we waited as dusk came and then the nine o'clock fireworks and the boats all over and people cheering and then the midnight fireworks? Isn't that more like the glory of Sydney? Isn't that Sydney at its best? That's the glory of Sydney. If you want to show someone the glory of Sydney, Sydney at its best. And it may be a different place for all of us. If you want to see the glory of Israel, you really want Israel at its best. Now I've lost my proclaim. Israel as it was meant to be, as it should have been, Everything they fail to be, this child will be. He will be holy and righteous and just. He will be a blessing to all peoples. He will live under his father's rule. He will be the leader, the high priest of a kingdom of priests who are drawing people back to God and reflecting the glory of God and showing people what God is like. Simeon holds the glory of Israel who came to him with such humility with his parents only bringing a pair of doves and two pigeons as a sacrifice. And God does what God does and works through those who are humble and poor and lowly so that they will be exalted and he will be glorified. Our final carol, like all of these carols, is really again soaked in humility. Mary and Joseph come in humility, Simeon waits and serves in humility, he takes a child and sings his humble song. And Jesus, for his part, he will save his people from their sins, he will bring forgiveness and he will find his glory through the path of humility. This is up twice. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. It's like, you know, Nathan and Joseph, I said that Jordan's going to be prime minister, and there was any weight to that. They marvelled. And then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, This child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword, Mary, will pierce your heart too. Jesus will face resistance and opposition. He will go to a cross and be crucified and he will be glorified in that and it will hurt his mother to the core. But in a sense, when he's on that cross, you could say, mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the King is trampling out the vintage where the grapes of wrath have been. He's at war conquering the enemy. And if we're to respond to God's saving king, then we need to, like Simeon, like Mary, humble ourselves. And as we prayed today, repent and seek forgiveness. Because Jesus will reveal the status of our heart will we submit to God's conquering king who was crucified and risen again? Or will we insist that we are the king and that we don't need salvation? A really simple way of diagnosing this question is to say, are you ready to be dismissed? Is your heart like that of Simeon? Are you waiting for the coming of the King, whether by death or by Jesus' return? Are you eagerly waiting to see the Lord face to face, despite the hardship that may take you through? Or are you saying, Go away? I'm not ready yet. Nunc dimittis. Now dismiss. It's a good question to ask and to challenge yourself with Am I ready to see the King? For daylight's come and we want to go home. Let's pray. Father, the path to glory is often through the way of humility and suffering. We pray that you'd give us strength to walk and follow Jesus. We pray that we'd have our hearts so set on your promises that we would always be ready and be looking forward to seeing you face to face. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.